excited you could join us here on the second Sunday of 2023. My name is Pastor Aaron Lucas. My wife and I are the lead pastors here at City Point. And our vision is to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. And it's incredible that you could join us. Once again, if you are new here, there are connect cards in the seat pockets in front of you, or you can text church to the number on the screen. And uh, we'd love to get in contact with you and see what God's doing in and through you. Amen. There are so many ways. It takes two to tango, but there's so many ways to connect and be a part of a community like this. And uh, we just want to see God do something massively incredible through you. Amen. So good. Awesome. Uh, we're going to come around our moment of generosity before we get into the Word of God. Today is our anointing oil service. So you've joined us, and uh, at the end of the service, so we're going to have every single person uh, in an orderly fashion, in some way, shape, or form, uh, come down to the front, and the ministry team is going to uh, anoint you with oil, and uh, we're going to see God touch your life, and it's going to be powerful, and I will teach on that in just a second. But uh, we're coming around our moment of generosity. This is a lifestyle of every believer. Uh, and uh, we're coming around this moment where uh, we want to bring our tithe or, or bring an offering above our tithe. And we give here at City Point, we give God our first and we give God our best. And uh, if this is a new year, you might be thinking about how can I go to the next level? And let me tell you, generosity is powerful. And God says in Luke 6, 38, he says this, he says, give, everybody say give. And you will receive. Your gift will return to you full. Everybody say, press down. Shaken together. Make room for more. Running over. You gotta say it with some, you know, some tenacity. Running over. Come on. Pour it into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So check it out. Check it out. See, this scripture is all about increase, breakthrough, and harvest increase, breakthrough, and harvest. And this is God speaking right to you. He's speaking to me and he's speaking to you. And it's about trading. Give and it shall be given back, but better. Whatever you give, it'll come back better. So in other words, God trades as a one and only begotten son for us in order to have many sons and daughters. That equals better. See, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and gives itself, it remains alone. But if it gives itself, there is much harvest, therefore equaling better. It's what we are prepared to give, trade, that pulls in God's harvest for our life. You need to get this. Giving is trading some of our present for a much bigger and brighter future. That's why when we give, we focus not on what's on leaving, we focus on what's coming back. Today, God, we're giving. We're giving for the press down, for the shaken together, for the more than enough to make room for what you want to do in our lives. It's using what God has already given us for that which God has already promised us. Let's trust God today. We trust God today. I guarantee he'll take care of you tomorrow. You see, your generosity not only ensures your personal harvest, your generosity sets up the kingdom harvest for future generations to come in Jesus' name. So just know that your seed today is powerful. This is a moment of worship. And when we worship God, not just with our lips, not just with song, not just with our hearts, but also with our giving. And today our giving is in the form of finance. And we just want to take that seed today and let's pray and let's God breathe on it. So Father, thank you, Father, for the seed today that you are, it's, it, it, man, that you've promised, give and you will receive, shaken down, come on, pour it out, making more room for all that you have planned and purposed for each and every one of us to fulfill this year in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, 
Amen. There's giving boxes in the back, envelopes in the seat pockets in front of you, or you can give through the Tithely app. But uh, you are a very generous church, and we're so excited uh, to, uh, con- to start to unveil the new building uh, and to start to, to give you guys uh, insight of what we're doing. Next week, we're going to be roping off the section that we have purchased, and uh, we're going to go over there and pray and anoint and, and just uh, walk it and just uh, bless it, and, and just God's going to do amazing things. So get ready. Amen. Uh, A few things. Uh, This is the last week for internship. So if you're thinking about what do I want to do this year, how can I grow with God, intimacy with the Holy Spirit? How can I learn to hear his voice more? How can I learn to be a better disciple uh, of Christ? And let me tell you, be a part of internship. It's not too late. Go to the welcome desk. Talk to Steve and Mary Bangs. Just find out all that you can. Uh, It starts very soon, but we're very, very excited. Uh, We're now about tripling our intake for internship. So it's going to be a powerful, uh, powerful year. And uh, we're we're just stoked we want God to do all that he wants to do in and through your life. Uh, everybody say fast. fast. Everybody say fast. fast. Guess what? It's not too late. We have one more week of fasting and you can join us. So uh, uh, whatever God puts on your heart, but uh, I encourage you step in. Let's do this together as a community and as a body and let's continue to fast. But um, hey, turn with me to Acts 10.38 and let's jump in to what God wants to do. Acts 10.38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Anointed Jesus. If you're taking notes, I'm gonna write from the title of The Anointing is the Difference. The Anointing is the Difference. God, bless this word. Open our hearts to adhere and honor your word to come with a reverent posture of expectation that your word is gonna transform us. It's not gonna be just challenging. It's not just gonna be inspiring. It's going to transform the very being. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, there's things in life that make the difference. Pastor Rick loves fishing. If he goes fishing without bait, bait is the difference. Can't get in your car without keys, keys is the difference. If you're a man that loves to fiddle in the garage, the right tool, makes all the difference. Uh, we were traveling in the Philippines years ago and uh, ministering, we were ministering on this very small island and uh, my brother-in-law, after three days, we we're getting ready to go back to the airport, he lost his passport. How many know that a passport on a small island in the Philippines makes a big difference to get back on the plane? Luckily he found uh, the passport and all things were good. But see, many believers are living a Christian lifestyle without the thing that makes the difference. We're trying to fulfill purpose without the main game-changing ingredients of this Christian life. You see, throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament, we see Samson anointed. We see David, Esther anointed. We see incredible men and women of God. We see Peter walk with Jesus the three and plus years and then deny him the night of his betrayal. And then then all of a sudden, on the day of Pentecost, he's anointed by the Spirit of God. The all-consuming fire comes upon him and now he's preaching bold as a lion. See, Acts 10.38 shows and shares with us that even Jesus needed to be anointed. My friend, if Jesus needed the anointing, how much more do you and I need the anointing to be the difference in our life? How much more do we want to walk in an overcoming, victorious lifestyle as a follower of Jesus Christ? I can't, I can't shout it from the rooftops enough that I am on the greatest adventure of my life. 
that I'm, I'm seeing victory after victory, overcoming after overcoming, is it easy? No, it, it, life throws trials and tribulation at you. But I'm telling you, my friend, we need the anointing. What is the anointing? The anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life. It's the manifestation of his empowering presence. It empowers and enables you to fulfill everything that God has called you to. It gives you supernatural wisdom, insight, stamina, authority, protection, ability in order to do a job that God has chosen you to do. The anointing is the very power to serve him. Not by might, nor by power, but by the spirit, says the Lord. We've got to stop trying to do this in our own strength. We've, stopped, we've got to stop scratching the surface as Christians. We've got to start saying, God, there is a supernatural way to live this life. There's a supernatural way to, to build my marriage. There's a supernatural way to parent my children. There's a supernatural way to walk on this earth. And I'm telling you, the difference is the anointing of God. It's the unction to function. It's the quickening. It's the ability that graces you. It's the ease. It's the sense of, man, man, how, how, this just feels light. This feels easy. I'm, I'm moving in a, and I'm, I'm thinking and I'm, 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 I'm leading in a, in a way that I, I couldn't do by myself. The anointing is attraction, attractive. The anointing means in Hebrew, the word anoint means mashak, which means to rub in. The Greek word is chrism, which means to smear. Which, in other words, God wants a tangible presence where he rubs and smears his very nature and attributes and empowers you with the very presence of the Almighty God. If you look throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament, they called these anointing uh, moments, anointing ceremonies, where the prophet of God would pour oil over an individual, smear or rub this oil on even certain items. It represented the Holy Spirit. First Samuel 16, David was uh, anointed with oil. In other words, he was marked by God as the next king of Israel, smearing his nature into David, a divine backing. And it's not necessarily the power in the oil, but it's, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a sign to everyone that this person is marked and set apart, purposed for the very task that I have given you, says the Lord. Kings were anointed, prophets were anointed, priests were anointed, special holy items and places such as altars were anointed. Even in the New Testament, they still used oil to anoint. Mark 6, 13, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. They used oil to commission someone into ministry. He used oil to deliver demonic powers. He used oil to heal the sick. Not power in the oil itself, like I said, but it's an act of faith. It's an act of faith, of obedience, that God says, I'm gonna back that. I'm gonna back that. You don't have to use oil. You don't have to. But today, it's a symbolism. It's an act of obedience that we are going to anoint you with oil. To, just as Jesus was anointed, you and I are going to step into a place of this symbolic moment that God is going to set you apart, set you apart to fulfill the very purpose that God has planned for your life. And he's going to declare over your life today, guess what? I'm going to back you with divine authority. Guess what? I'm going to back you with divine purpose. I'm going to back you with divine favor. Today, I'm going to call upon you and publicly announce this one belongs to me. This one is going to be used to do significant life-altering, life-changing things for me in this new year. One thing to know is this, make this clear, there's only one anointing. 
oh my gosh, the worship team was so anointed today. Man, that preacher with long hair, man, that man, man, man is so, so anointed. We, we, we use these vernacular, yeah, baby, come on, preach. Uh, we use this vernacular, we use these, these terms. Uh, in other words, what they're saying is the power of God was very evident in what they were doing. The power of God can work in you, can come upon you, can flow through you, can work around you. It does many th different things and it has different expressions to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in your life. People might say, I want the healing anointing or I want the deliverance anointing. I want the favor anointing. I want to be, uh, you know, we've heard, uh, this is the Esther generation. We're gonna, I want to be anointed like Esther or this is the, the Jehu generation. The reality is, is this, is that all ve vehicles use the majority of the same source of fuel, which is gasoline. So in the same way, all gifts, expressions of spirituality are empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just expressed differently, whether that's a word of knowledge, whether that's a prophetic word, whether that's a gift of faith. And I really believe in this room right now, there is a, there is a stirring for the gift of faith. If you want a gift of faith, let's, can we pray for that right now? I really believe that there's gonna be an elevation of your faith. Some, some of you are gonna ta be taken out of skepticism and into radical faith. Can, can you put your hands towards heaven if you want a gift of faith right now? The Bible says this is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're going to start believing for healing. You're going to start believing for uh, man, prophetic words to dig the gold out of people. You're going to start believing for your business to go to a whole other level. There's going to be a sense of, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, download a gift of faith. Lord, download a, a faith that is beyond, Lord, even our, our age within uh, knowing you, even, even with our spiritual maturity. Lord, blow the lid off of our spiritual maturity and download that gift of faith in our hearts, in our lives right now. In Jesus' name, we receive it. And everybody said, Amen. we don't have to do something special to get an anointing. Okay, we're not gonna hoop and holler, not gonna spin around three times, not gonna do an MC Hammer breakdown up here. I would if I could, but it's simply in faith, walking in obedience, because we know the word, we live a life of style of prayer, and we're in position to receive what God wants to do in our lives. So what does the anointing do? Luke 4, 18 to 19 says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So in other words, God wants to anoint you to ultimately fulfill proclaiming the good news, becoming a preacher of his word, seeing deliverance and healing and freedom and blessing and favor. He wants you to step in to the game-changing, difference-making, life-altering anointing that the, only the Holy Spirit can give you. He wants you to step out of religion and into demonstration, out of just theology and into reology, into a place, it's not about my strength, it's not about my charisma or personality anymore, it's about the Holy Spirit. He is the difference and he is what we need. And this year we have declared over this house, we are gonna step into our revival resolve. That together as the body, man, our revival resolve is just Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit using us to usher in a radical move of the Spirit like, this, like, this, like history has never seen before. And if we step into this together, we have to, we must step into it with the power of the Holy Spirit. So number one is this, if you're taking notes, my revival resolve is this, God wants to use me to change the world. God wants to use me 
As simple as that sounds, I really felt the Holy Spirit nudge me and says, no, this needs to be one of the points. God wants to use you. He has handpicked you. He has called you by name. Have you ever thought about why Jesus chose Peter? Impulsive, erratic, like he cut off the dude's ear. Like really, like if he can use Peter, he can definitely use you. See, God wants you a part of his team. And there's a, there's a Christian culture that we use this word, Lord, use me. It's, it's, we use it more uh, like unbiblical. Lord, use me like you're a napkin or something that can just be tossed away after it's been done used. No, God doesn't use you. He anoints you. He anoints you because he loves you. And he loves you because he's thought about you from the very beginning of time. He's thought about you. He, he, he says, I want this person to be anointed, uh, not just with a theological degree, not just with knowledge and wisdom beyond their years, not just with uh, an incredible you know, uh, 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 ability to, to gain finances, but no, I want you to be anointed with the anointing that will break the yoke because spiritual enemies can only be confronted by spiritual powers. And if we're to overcome, if we're going to push back demonic oppression, if we're to push back the spirit of suicide, if we're, we're to push back on these things that are trying to take over our land, we must be anointed. Write this down. Anointing is the overflow of the life of God operating in the servant of God submitted to the will of God. It's the overflow of the life of God operating in the servant of God submitted to the will of God. You see, God's got a plan and you need to decide that every single Christ follower is a recipient of the anointing of God. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness. God needs a vessel. He needs a people to display and demonstrate to the world what he looks like, how he acts, how he talks, how he thinks, his attributes, his person, his presence, his glory. He needs a people to say, yes, God, that's me. I want to be anointed. Use me to change the world. Guess what? Use me, God, even though I came from a trailer home. Use me, God, even though I came from, from, from poverty. Use me, God, even though I didn't amount to anything. I never thought I'd become anything. But God, use me. Will you have the tenacity and the audacity to say, God, would you use me to change the world? God, would you use me to shift and realign this, this nation, this, 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 these, these cities around me? Ephesians 1.3 says that in Christ, we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That you have all that you need. Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Good works that you should walk in them. In Jesus' name, there's an anointing coming upon you to, to revolutionize the very industry that you're in. You're saying, God, why am I in this industry? Why? He's put you in that industry. He's appointed you in that industry. He's called you in that industry. And now he's anointing you to take that what you're doing and what your hand is upon and take it to the next level in Jesus name. Number two is this. My revival resolve is I will not live life without Holy Spirit, the anointing of God. I will not live life without Holy Spirit. Think about the things you can't live life without. My, my, my wife thinks I can't live without my phone. I truly will confess before you today that I cannot live without the divine being. Coffee is so wonderful. It's so beautifully uh, straight from heaven. 
It's probably cultivated in Jesus's garden and uh, specifically sends it just to me. Um, but think about the things that you cannot live life without social media. The person to your right, to your left. See, we've got to come to terms that we have to be so desperate that we will not take another breath without the Holy Spirit. That he has to be the very heart that pushes the blood life into all of our Christian journey, into all of our thinking, our, our businesses. Even Jesus said in John 5.30, he says, by myself, I can do nothing. By myself, I can do nothing. You see, the Holy Spirit is separating a select group unto himself. The Holy Spirit is, is pulling together, not just a remnant, but an army to imbue them with a special grace and a power to accomplish some of the greatest, mightiest acts that we've ever seen accomplished on this earth. Because we are in a unique time and this unique time declares and demands a unique, uh, unique anointing to come against the sophisticated evil of our time. In Boston, in schools, they're starting to launch satanic uh, uh, Life groups, in a sense, during the lunch hours, the Satanic Temple is getting all the kids. They're they're wearing T-shirts and they're 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 doing their group and they're doing they're teaching kids how to do Satanic rituals. Guess what? There's an anointing that the Holy Spirit says, "I want to come upon you to contend and to contest what the, against what the enemy is doing." You see, Jesus said, "It is to your advantage that I go, so that the Spirit of God can come. It is to your advantage that the Holy Spirit comes upon you today." You see, Christian. Christians without the Holy Spirit are in danger of aiding the enemy. Churches without the Holy Spirit are in danger of aiding the enemy. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, John 16, 15, wants to declare everything that Jesus has. 1 Corinthians 2, 12, that we might know the things that have been freely given to you and I. We cannot live without Holy Spirit. He is a person. He is real. He's a part of the Godhead. He's the spirit of Christ. It is to your advantage. My friends, this year, your revival resolve is to get so desperate for the Holy Spirit. So desperate. I really believe, ministry team, there's gonna be some baptisms of the Holy Spirit at the end of this service. We need to be consumed. Uh, the, a couple of weeks ago, I grabbed a shirt out of my wardrobe really quick and uh, just shoved it on, threw some cologne and, and went out the door. Uh, I got in the car and this wafting stale stench started to lift into the atmosphere. Have you ever had that happen? It's like all of a sudden I'm like, what is going on? And I smelled my shirt, it was stale. Do you guys realize that some people have stale anointings? They're stale in what God's doing in their life. It's an old anointing. Happened way back when, maybe youth camp or four or five years ago or 10 years ago. You see, the Bible talks about flies. Flies are attracted to ointment, but flies are only attracted to old ointment, to stale, the sense of we need a fresh, fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. You see, to this world, stale anointing is repulsive because stale anointing breeds religion. And we're not here for religiosity. We're here for Jesus and to advance his kingdom. 
It's repulsive. It's like an old clanking machine. But when the touch of the Holy Spirit quickens us and empowers us, all of a sudden we have the power to overcome that addiction. We have the power to be victorious in every step of the way. The enemy shudders. The enemy flees for those that are anointed and walk through the doors. The power to elevate not just from surviving, but to thriving into a place of overcoming, into a place of testifying. Day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. Guess what? Jesus has done a new thing in my life. Jesus is man. He's man. He's making a way where there's no way. Jesus is overcoming in places that I never asked, dream or imagine. Why? Because the anointing of God. Luke 24, 49, and I will send the fulfillment of the father's promise to you. So stay here in the city until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps around you. Psalm 92, 10, your anointing has made me strong and mighty. You've empowered my life for triumph by pouring fresh oil over me. Now, I remember the first time I got anointed with oil. It was in Seattle. It was when I was 18, uh, 1998. We were ministering up there. And how many know Seattle needs Jesus? Yes? Um, we were ministering up there, and uh, we were at this life group or kind of Bible study prayer group before the night. And uh, they started anointing people with oil. And one of the guys got up, came up to me and says, I want to anoint you, but I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me to pour the entire jar over your head. Is that okay? <laughs> and me, me, me being a baby Christian, I'm like, sure. Yeah, great. You know, so if you want an entire jar, just let us know when you come down the front. <laughs> and I will, I will purposely, specifically myself, will do it just for you. But uh, it gave me a new, new uh, revelation of Psalm 23, 5, when it says, you, not, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my cup overflows. The days of drinking from the cup are over. The, drays, the days of drinking from the saucepan begin. The overflow. The overflow. The more than enough. That means my fire's not going out in February. It means, I'm, it means all of a sudden I'm not losing the, this bright light in May and I'm, I stop attending and I stop communing and I stop uh, discipling. No, it means there is an overflow that comes from anointing that I don't ma manufacture myself. I don't try to strive my way into following Jesus, but the Spirit of God says I am here to touch your life, to wrap myself around you, to be the strength. The battle belongs to me, says the Lord. Stop trying to do it in your own right, in your own way. We need the overflow. We need the poured out. We need the sense of God. Come on, tell your neighbor, just poke your neighbor and say, it's time to change your oil. You know, if oil is left in a, in a jar for too long, it evaporates. In the same way, Attempting to exist on yesterday's reality only brings about a slow and very deceptive form of spiritual death. But when we're filled with the Spirit, when we're filled with God, this anointing that flows from the river of, of love, from the throne of grace, through the hearts of believers, bringing life to all that receive, this abundant life to all that receives. You and I, we need the anointing to flow through our lives. It's mandatory in order to see growth this year, in order to see blessing, in order to see victory in all that God has called us to do. We need the anointing. Number three is this. My revival resolve is the power of God must be a part of the foundation of my faith. 
and I feel to share this, but I've shared this before, but um, I remember back in, our son was born in 2004. And so from 2004 to 2010, I remember, you know, just battling with unanswered prayers. Our son was battling anaphylactic allergies and asthma and all the stuff came with it. And, and uh, you know, it was just one unanswered prayer after another. One minister to come in and pray and nothing happened. And I allowed, I allowed a circumstance to elevate above the absolute truth of the word of God. I've read time and time again that Jesus is healer. He's the great physician. That all things are possible. That nothing, nothing is impossible with our God. But yet I allowed the circumstance to water down the power of God in my life. Yeah, you pray. You're believing for it, awesome. But I can't pray anymore because I allowed a circumstance to water down and be detrimental to the power of God in my life. And it wasn't until God started to bring message after message, person after person, and started to, to resurrect this thought that, man, the power of God must be a part of the foundation of my faith. It can't just be the love of God. I can't just camp at the cross. I need to experience the resurrection. I need to experience, the, the, the days of religious reasoning are done. Stop trying to reason with, with religiosity and, and, and reason your way out of the very power of God. He wants to clothe you with power. He wants, to, he wants every single one of us in this room to, to, to move away from religious reasoning and move into demonstration. See, 1 Corinthians 2, 4 says, my message and my preaching were not with wise persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. He wants your faith to rest on God's power, not on human wisdom, not on religious reasoning, not on knowledge, not on great revelation, all good things, but on the power of God. Because without the power of God, our faith is empty. Without the power of God, we default to theory. Without the power of God, we default to philosophy. Without the power of God, we, we default to theology. We, we, we default to intellectual arguments. And all of these things cannot and will not change the world. It has to be the anointing of God. The anointing of God that displays and births and brings forth the very power of God. God is not theory. He is real. God is not philosophy. He is the word. He is truth. The power of God shows us that God is not a fairy tale to grown up but he's a beautiful and wonderful reality. The power of God wants to be evident in your life. You stick around, you're going to start casting out demons. You stick around, you're going to start praying for the sick and start seeing answers. You stick around, you're going to start to see revelation bubble up like a waterfall begin to pour forth from your life. God wants to use you. We need the love and the power of God. Without the love of God, his power will be destructive. But without the power of God, his love will be useless. Jesus didn't usher in a nice, fluffy, weak religion to the earth. He brought the powerful reality of the atmosphere of heaven called the kingdom of God. And within the kingdom of God, demons are cast out. Sickness is healed. Blind eyes are open. Man, we've, I mean, just a couple weeks ago, we had in this service a deliverance. 
Someone had to be taken into another room and, and delivered from the demonic oppression, demonized. It's happening, the reality. But guess what? God wants his power to be a part of your foundation of your faith. And as soon as you say, yes, this is my resolve, I'm gonna start walking in it. I'm gonna start operating it. I am anointed. Everybody say, I'm anointed for such a time as this. And what we gotta understand is this. For too long, churches have created man-made positions. Man-made titles, whether in the world or in the church. You realize it's not me anointing you. I can't go to Rick and say, Rick, I anoint you as the new king of rock and roll. That's who you are now. Get up on the, grab your guitar, bro. It's you, you're anointed. G, D, E minor C, it's awesome. Anointing comes from God. What man gives, man can take away. But what God gives, watch out. No demon in hell, no devil in hell can come against an anointed man or woman of God. No weapon on this earth can come against an anointed church. It comes from a place of, man, I need to operate in this anointing. Because anointing, anointing looks, man, anointing says, where, where's the blind? I need to heal them. Where, where, where's, the, where's the yoke that needs to be broken? Where's the chain that needs to be shattered? Where, where, where's the oppression? How can, I, how can I bring the very ingredients of heaven, the agent of change? Where can, how can I bring this uncommon breakthrough? How can I usher in? Man, anointing looks for problems to solve, looks for the power of God to be displayed and demonstrated. And we're stepping into a day where this world, this world is, is just begging the church to become the church begging you and I. And no matter whether you're on, at the beginning of your journey with Christ or whether you're uh, you know, 35 years down the track, it does not matter. Today's a new day, this is a new year. There's a fresh anointing for you to step in and step out and see what God is gonna do in your life. And I can, if I could have the worship team, that'd be awesome. Number four is this. My revival resolve is I will receive a fresh anointing through faith in Christ and simple surrender. What you gotta understand is the anointing is not mystical. We're not, we're, this is not a Hollywood production. We're not trying to create superstition. Anointing you with oil is not mystical. I wish when we anointed every single one of you, it would be like the, Jesus where the heavens open and all of a sudden this dove in slow motion comes down and rests upon you. Because you imagine heavens all over this place just opening and doves just falling, just falling. Feathers, just Jesus. Could you imagine? Or like, you know, Jumanji, Dwayne Johnson, like when the video game bell goes off and all of a sudden he does that smoldering look. I am anointed. Too many of us, too many of us rely on emotion, not faith. Hear me out when I say this. I just heard an episode of, of Jesus on The Chosen and he said these words. He goes, I didn't ask you to feel anything. So when you come down and you're, you're coming to get anointed, it's not about, oh, I felt something. You may feel warmth. You may feel electricity. You, you might feel something. There's been times people prayed with me and I felt nothing. It's not about my feelings. It's about faith in Christ. And through me, just simple surrender and simple obedience. Well, am I supposed to be shaking? 
We're not, we're not a church that chases manifestations. Should, should I, no, no, no. Yes, God operates and does things differently in, in everybody, and that's okay. But when you come down the front to get anointed by God, you're, you're saying, God, my faith is in you. Galatians 2.20 says, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. If the worship team come, come out, that would be awesome. Who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, our faith in Christ this year, the anointing is going to usher you into a place of uncommon breakthroughs, into a place of victories that you've been praying for, into a place of, of promotion, into a place of blessing and favor and advancement, joy, peace, prosperity. The sense that just like Jesus with the centurion, he was impressed by this man's faith. The anointing on your life, Jesus is going to go, man, I'm so impressed with this generation. I'm so impressed with this house. I'm so impressed with these believers because they're, they're putting me to the test. They're, they're, they're stepping out and saying a radical yes. They're, they're, they're answering the call and through simply looking to Christ and surrendering to God. You see, let God have your life. He can do more with it than you can. God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life wholly yielded to him. When you come down the front, the battle belongs to him. All you got to do is simply surrender to God, merging with the work of the Holy Spirit, answering his invitation, the sense of God, I surrender. I relinquish all control. In the world, we surrender to lose. In the kingdom, we surrender to win. William Booth says this, the greatness of man's power is in his surrender, not his strength, not his dominance, not wit, and not his knowledge. Our surrender today is going to attract an encounter, not just attract an encounter and a once in a moment opportunity. No, it's going to attract a, an encounter from here on out, a lifestyle, a life lived with the person of the Holy Spirit, allowing God to touch your life, allowing the consuming fire to touch your heart and your being that you're going to step up and step out into a place that you never asked, dreamed, or imagined. God and his mighty accomplishments is about to use your life. Can you put your hands towards heaven? Holy Spirit, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to terms. Right now we resolve that you want to anoint us. You want to use us. You want to set us apart. You want to fulfill specific purpose in and through our lives. We may not know what that is, but God, you're giving us kingdom clarity vision in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we thank you, Father. We decide right now and we resolve that we will not live without the Holy Spirit. We will not go forward without the anointing of God. Today we declare, today we believe that we are anointed by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that the creator of all the universe is stamping us. The creator of all the universe is marking us. He's setting us aside and he's saying publicly, this one belongs to me. I'm about to back her. I'm about to back him with divine authority, with divine purpose, with divine favor, with my touch, my touch of heaven that's going to release, Lord, the agent of heaven on this earth that's going to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. Today, Jesus, we believe that the power of God is going to be evident in our lives. Lord, that we're going to walk on this earth in a greater faith. We're going to walk on this earth in a greater trust. We're going to walk on this earth with a greater surrender. Lord, use us today. Use us today. God, I don't want to walk by blind eyes. I don't want to walk by those in wheelchairs. I don't want to walk by those that are in need, those that are crying out for the love and the power of God. I want the power of God to be evident in my life. I want the power of God God, to resurrect, Lord, bringing darkness to life, bringing those things that were not, those things that are, in Jesus' name, we're going to see creative miracles, we're going to see, Lord, the very design of heaven, the blueprint of all 
because we are anointed in Jesus' name. Not in our might, not in our strength, our charisma, our personalities, but because of the touch of God in Jesus' name. And we simply put our eyes upon you and surrender in this moment right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Surrender. The ministry team can come out.